Yeah, good practice today. Told the team, you know, this game is strictly coming down to who wants it worse, you know, desire and motivation, because desire and motivation affect preparation, performance, execution, um, energy level, and you know, and what's Coastal playing for? You know, Coastal's playing, they want to play the championship game at home, and they think they have a shot at New Year's Six Ball. Okay. What are we playing for? We're playing for number one, we'd be a champions of the Sunbelt East from a statistical standpoint, head to head. All right. Uh, King of the East, whatever you want to call it. Um, that'll be very important to these guys when they're 25, 30, 35, 40, 50. That'll be extremely important to our players. And that's our motivation. We're used to winning championships here. In theory, we cannot be called the champion. We're playing the championship game. That means nothing to us right now. So thought we had a good day today. Need to have a great day tomorrow. All right. Uh, just a reminder to please use the hand raise function. If you have a question for Coach, we'll start off with Dave Ritter. <laughs> talk about Coastal and what you see on film. Obviously, 9-1, um, very talented team. What do, you, what do you see right now on film with these guys? Yeah, nine and one, 31 and four over the last three years. Obviously, the quarterback's out. I think he's been playing injured a good bit of the year. Um, gutted it out. He's a tough guy, really good player. Um, their offense um, is different than what you normally see. Uh, and, you know, it's been an edge for them. Uh, a lot of different personnel groupings, uh, formations, you know, three to five different types of options. Uh, Belly G from many different presentations, split zone. Uh, different ways to get the ball on the perimeter and great play action passes off of that stuff that when you overcommit to the run, all of a sudden there's a tight end running down the middle against middle open defense, wide open or running back down the rail or what have you. So, um, you know, they're running backs. I'm very, very impressed with. They run really hard. They play four different guys. They're downhill guys and they're fast. They're athletic. They can all catch the ball. The receiving core is really good. The kid fit, uh, from Georgia State. <laughs> You know, has the most receptions. He's a tall guy, vertical guy. Uh, they like to throw the up and down ball against press to him. You know, 14 and five, all the other ones, eight. Uh, the line functions really well. They've been all been in that system for a while. They're a little bit young, but, but they're good. On defense, the front is salty. One of the better fronts we've seen for sure. Uh, nose guard's 340 pounds. His backup's a really good player. Uh, boundary end, we'll call him uh, the buck, uh, zero. Is is you know he's he's a big time player, um, and his backup's really good. Ninety nine is a really good player, you know, and they got back in the field in, and you know they and they got quality backups. Uh, you know, boundary corners got a lot of accolades. Who plays the field occasionally from North Carolina? Remember him from Elon? Uh, you know, he's got size about six two two oh five. So uh, and, and special teams, um, you know, they led the country last year in block punts. But uh, so there's a reason they're nine and one. They have been in a lot of close games, uh, but you know they they win them. They know how to win. So I mean, we got to play really well. We got to play physical, and we got a great defensive challenge uh, on our side of the ball uh, to be able to slow these guys down and uh, and play good defense. Offensively, you know, we need a good game from our offense. We got to have great balance, and uh, we need to execute.
Coach, obviously being the last game and, and so many great seniors, um, you, a lot of guys have been around. They, they have some were here when you got here. Um, you've recruited some to come here, but can you talk about what this senior class means to you? I know that they all mean a lot to you, but I'm sure this one's pretty special to you too. Well, you know, and I think after the game's over, it's a great time to reflect on that. Um, but because I don't want to get too sentimental here uh, and, and ask them not to either and to focus in on the main thing this week. Uh, but every senior class is special uh, because the investment and commitment that all these student athletes make in this sport is very significant. And um, this particular senior class, you've got guys that came here out of high school, won a lot of games, won a lot of championships. Uh, you got guys that have broken records, uh, high on rushing record, receiving touchdowns. You just got a lot of guys that have done special things here. And But more importantly, quality people. Guys that excel on the field in the classroom, uh, uh, you know, contribute uh, their time to other causes, represent the program uh, the way you want it represented. It's one of the you know things I'm really proud of uh, since I've been here in four years. You know, is the way the guys represent themselves on the field and off the field. Um, so, in this senior class, uh, there's 16 of them. They'll be recognized uh, on senior day. A couple of them have an option to come back for another year. So, uh, you know, they want their senior day to be special. And the best way to do that is don't think about it being your last game. Just prepare as well as you can, play as well as you can in your last game, and you'll remember it forever. All right, we'll go to David Teal from Richmond Times-Dispatch. Kurt, what have been the most challenging aspects of the weekly FBS grind as compared to playing an FBS once a year? And have there been any aspects of it that have surprised you? Well, you know, having coached so long, um, now obviously being a head coach uh, with this move, it's our first time doing this. You know, I've been with a number of teams that every game you had to play really, really well to have a chance to win. And that's what, that's the situation we're in here. Um, so, um, I think a lot of the challenges were uh, very similar to the challenges at any level, that the more success you have, you got to be on the lookout for complacency and make sure the standards are kept high because they slip very subtly and they slip in all areas. Uh, and, you know, when we were 5-0, ranked in the top 25, um, you, know, did, you know, did we have our edge going into that game or did we just think that we, we would win? Uh, and then as we started to accumulate injuries, um, that was a challenge at one point. Um, just because we haven't had those years to recruit at 85. You know, we played most of the year about 77. Uh, but fortunately, we've gotten some guys back. We got some guys back that some people thought would be out for the season that are back and started and played the whole game. Uh, so, um at the end of the day, it's football and uh, responding to challenges, managing your team, trying to make them the best you can be. And honestly, it hadn't been that much different if you really want to know the truth. And then you mentioned the Coastal knows how to win. The comebacks against Appalachian State and Georgia State that you guys had would indicate that your program and your team knows how to win. 
is that something that you too have observed? Well, I'd say we know how to come back from a deficit. <laughs> I think everybody knows we know how to win. I mean, you don't win championships year in, year out like we do, you know, 47 and three at home, unless you know how to win at any level. You know, winning's a mindset. And so what I think the team learned how to do this year was come back from a deficit and keep their poise. All right, we'll uh, go over to Noah Fleischman from the DNR. Hey, Coach, what would you say, you know, what does a guy like Percy mean to the overall program, kind of like what he's been able to do during his six years at JMU? Well, I think when you look at Percy, look at how he represents the program, first of all. He's got class. Um, obviously, he's a really good player. and um, But we have a lot of guys <laughs> – you know, that I could say the same thing about. The thing about Percy is I've never once had to question whether he'd practice hard, whether he'd play hard, whether he'd be prepared, uh, whether he'd do the right thing on the field um, because he loves ball. And, you know, he's totally committed to being the best he can be. So uh, he's been a joy to coach. He's got a great personality. Never had an issue with him. Really nice parents, uh, you know. You know, I mean, we'll miss Percy, not because of the production. We'll just miss Percy because of the person. And then, how impressive has it been for Chris Thornton to come in and and you know be two touchdowns away from the receiving record and only really play two and a half seasons at JMU? Well, I mean, I don't know how. Your question was how important is it. I think that tells you what kind of player he's been the two season two or two and a half seasons he's been here. That, you know, he's a guy that can separate and make big plays and, and is really fast and uh, been a really, really good player. And once again, just like Percy, there's a reason for that because he shows up for practice every day and busts his butt, gives great effort. He's always prepared. And, you know, every single day you get a great effort from KT just like Percy, like it, there's no ups and downs, you know, you know what you're getting, you're getting a very high standard from those two guys. Thank you. We'll, we'll go over to Grant Johnson from the breeze. Hey coach, you know, seeing these seniors this week, you know, playing their last game, have you ever seen a senior class like through their career go through so much when you talk about COVID a few years ago, and then the last two years really kind of, you know, transitioning with the toll from the CAA over to the Sun Belt. Have you really seen a senior class go through as much as this one did in their careers? Probably not. I, I mean, I guess you could probably say there's, you know, senior classes that have gone through a lot that have had two or three coaching changes during their career, which does happen in college football. But, you know, COVID was something that every school in the country had to deal with at the FCS level. Uh, you know, you had to deal with it in terms of your fall season being canceled. Uh, and then you played a spring season where social distancing was such that you'd take eight buses to away games so that you could maintain your social distancing. You had guys wearing trackers on their wrist uh, to monitor close contacts with everybody else on the team. That was different. That was really different. Uh, and then you had this transition. Which, you know, this transition, I think, for everybody was exciting, uh, was a challenge that everybody stepped up and met because we knew it was a challenge we were ready for. 
And you've talked a lot about how, you know, this year for you guys has been unprecedented of playing that, you know, full FBS schedule in the first year, kind of before the year started, you know, if you were to look back and, you know, say that you guys either went, you know, seven and four or eight and three, you know, in your first year in the FBS, like, what would you kind of say to yourself, you know, back in August, if you knew like this was the going to be the result of the first year? I'd have probably said, what, what the hell did I do to lose those other two? <laughs> I mean, um, nobody knew what to expect because we had never lined up and played these teams before, and we had a lot of new faces and key roles. But I think we knew after Middle Tennessee that, uh, you know, that we could – I mean, we knew we could line up with them and play with them and beat them. You know what I mean? But we dominated that team. And then you go down to App State, who pretty much wins the East year in, year out, in front of a sellout, and they're coming off a win against Texas A&M, and, and you beat them. And then you, you know, completely dominate Texas State at home. And then you go on the road and beat Arkansas State by three or four touchdowns, um, you know. And then, you know, I didn't do a good job of probably being a bad guy during the week of Georgia Southern and keeping everybody on their toes. You know, I tried, but I didn't do a good enough job. Well, we'll finish off with Dave Rigger. Coach, you became a, a grandfather. Um, this week, I, I that, that kind of lit you up right there. But the, how special was that? It was great. It was awesome. Um, you know, it happened at one eighteen last night. My wife and I were asleep. We had not heard from him for a while, so my wife started to panic. And about ten minutes later, we got the text, and I had a seven a.m. staff meeting scheduled for the morning. And uh, I, I'll have to admit to you know the old my alarm didn't go off. You know, you hear that one all the time. Oh, I forgot to set mine, so I woke up. Uh, just a little bit before seven. And honestly, I had to go downstairs and kind of just sit in my chair and reminisce because, you know, I, it would, there was like a special feeling about being a grandfather. It really was. And, you know, I texted all the coaches would start at eight fifteen because I just sort of had to take it in for a little bit. And then I uh, came in and I felt like halftime at Georgia state, like I was really behind <laughs> on the day. And, uh, you know, took the cigars into the guys and all that, and we had a good day. 